Welcome to episode 7 of the OT Podcast. I am your guy, Ryan Smith, with my guy, Cam Clark. Cam and I, you know, it's been a while since we've, uh, a couple weeks since we've been able to shoot one uh, podcast. Uh, Cameron's been touring the country. He's been in San Diego, and I and myself have been uh, been on my honeymoon, and we're just getting back into things, and you know... Um, you know, a couple, couple things have happened since we've been gone, and we're going to talk about that. The first thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to get right into it, is the All-Star Game. You know, I I watched the All-Star Game the other night. This is the Major League Baseball uh, All-Star Game. And I was, uh, I really like how Major League Baseball does their All-Star Game. It keeps me entertained. Not to mention the fact the Home Run Derby is one of the, uh, it, it is one of the most fun things about um, the All-Star Game. As a matter of fact, I find myself more intrigued by the All-Star Game than I actually do, uh, I'm sorry, the Home Run Derby. I am more intrigued by the Home Run Derby than I am actually watching the All-Star Game um, in itself. Um, you know, and the All-Star, uh, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game just does it like nobody else. Now, their system is a little flawed, and they need to fix their system. Um, you had a situation where at the end of the All-Star voting, you had the Tampa Bay Rays starting pitcher, um, Blake Snell, was not a part of the All-Star team. And uh, Charlie Morton, um, another pitcher, was not a, a part of the All-Star uh, team. And they were two of the better pitchers in baseball. And you had guys uh, that were on the All-Star roster because their names were big and they were not having great uh, they have not had statistically great seasons. I really wish Major League Baseball would finish or, or fix this problem that they have in their all-star uh, system flaw. Now, with that being said, the NBA all-star game is almost unwatchable to me. If you're a little kid, you're going to love it. But the NBA all-star game is unwatchable. You know what else is unwatchable? The Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is unwatchable. They don't try. There is no defense. You know, and then you got the, you know, Major League Baseball does it a little differently. Of course, uh, you know, in, in, in whatever team wins, you know, the American League, which has won six years in a row, they get the home field advantage in the postseason, in the World Series. That's a big deal. Believe it or not, that's a big deal. So it, it causes these teams to have to go out and really compete or, or these players to go out and compete. And, you know, as a Cincinnati Reds fan, I've always thought it was great to see a Reds player in, a, in an All-Star game. The Reds sent three this year. Okay? You know, the Reds, Reds players haven't had a lot of success in All-Star games. However, Scooter Jeanette hits a two-run home run to tie the game. Joey Votto hits a home run in extra innings. And uh, A.N.U. Suarez played some good D. Um, in that game. Um, but, you know, the fact that they mic players up, you got Mike Trout and Bryce Harper mic'd up out in the outfield, and they're talking why the pitch is going on, and you can hear them grunt and hear them scream and hear them throw. Man, that is, that is just something that is just dynamic. It's dynamic. And I would love to see more of those types of things implicated in the extra in the actual game because as much as I like the all-star game better than I do uh, the NBA all-star game and the pro Bowl I think basketball and football in itself is more enjoyable to watch 
you know, than it is for a major league game. Major league baseball can be boring. It's hard to sit down and watch a nine inning game. You know, I still I'm I'm 33 years old and I I watch three to four innings of a game and I disappear for an inning or two and come back in the seventh inning. You know, you don't get that. But you start micing players up and micing coaches up. Maybe even mic an umpire up. It adds a dynamic to watching good TV, good television. You know, when 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 ESPN goes into the huddle with the with the NBA coaches, that's remarkable. I I want to see what Steve Kerr is going to say to his players. What's he saying? What's Pop going to say? Even even in the college game, if they're able to do that, what 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 will Bob Huggins say? What's Calipari gonna say? Now he, he's not giving away game. They're not they're not going in there and saying this is what we're gonna do. This is who we're gonna stop. No, he's saying, hey, we got to box out. We got to rebound. We got to play harder. I love that dynamic of sports. It's great, and I would like to see Major League Baseball implicate more technology and, and more of of uh, of the players in the game you know in between innings i'd like to see them interview okay joey Votto hits a home run let let let's get an interview hey joey what were you thinking well it was a 2-1 pitch and i i got a 2-1 fastball he left it out in the middle of the plate boom i hit one and i was trying to pull one i was trying to hit one the other way he threw one on the inside and i i pulled it into the stands in right field oh what, what that's that's what you were thinking i love to know what these players are thinking during that game. If Andy Dalton throws a touchdown, I'd love to hear him say, and him being mic'd up, well, I saw the safety take the middle, uh, take the middle away, so I saw A.J. Green streaking down the sideline, and I, and I put it up to him, and A.J. went and made a great play. And every once in a while on Monday Night Football, and, and so you'll see the guys mic'd up, and you can hear them grunt and growl, you know, and tackle. Man, that stuff is it, 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 that's good stuff. And I would like to see more of those types of things. And that will I think that keeps people interested. So kudos, because I'm a big fan. I do like the Major League Baseball All-Star game. I thought they did a great job. They went in the extra innings. We had 10 home runs and in that game. I loved it. Great job, Major League Baseball. I'd like to see it. You know, continue to, to to improve the game, get it better, get it more, uh, you know, fan active, get you know, get or, or you know, or fan friendly, where I can sit down at home on TV and be like, man, who are they miking up today? Is it going to be Scooter Jeanette? Is it going to be Joey Votto? Are we going to get interviews with those guys? Uh, I want to know what they were thinking. You know, what's the manager going to say? I'd like to see him get involved a little bit more about what he felt. You know, I I love that stuff. You don't really get to see post game. I don't get to see any post game interviews. I have to wait for Twitter, you know, for the Channel Five, Nine, Twelve News to re- to report uh, or 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 a Marvin Lewis press conference to see what was going on, you know. But in the middle of the game, I would like to. Hey, you know what? This is what we were thinking. It was third and it was third and one, and instead of um, instead of. Running the uh, for the first down, we saw them stack the box. We hit a play-action fake, and we were looking for uh, Tyler Eifert over the middle of the field. We'd like to we'd like to see that. The MLB uh, trade deadline is coming up. Um, 
you know, and, and, and in all indications, report the Reds are going to make a move or two uh, to try to improve their team. And, of course, when you come out of the All-Star break and you go 0-3 and, and you're outscored 27-5 to, to 5 in the series, that is not the best way to start the series, uh, to start the second half of the season. The Reds couldn't have got off to a worse start. Alex Blandino tears his ACL. Not a good start. Matt Harvey, which is your number one trade ship right now, gives up seven runs today with scouts in the stands. It's not going to bring you a lot in return. I find it ironic, though, that after they announce that Homer Bailey is coming back with the team and he is going to pitch on Tuesday, that we all of a sudden just start sucking. You know, just like 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 we we let we left our bats back in the second half or the back in the first half of the year. It's like, you know, when Homer Bailey got sent down, the Reds like went on a winning streak, you know, and and then like the announcement comes that he's coming back, and then we've just totally been disastrous. I mean, you think it's a coincidence, Cam? I mean it, 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 it's really funny to think about. I mean Homer Bailey's pitching Tuesday, you know, and Lance McAllister and some of these guys that do the fifteen thirty sport, you know, they're, you know, let's accept Homer Bailey. He is a red. He's a Cincinnati red. Let's root for him. I don't have to root for him. Yeah, he plays on my team. He plays on the team alike. But you know what? I'm also a Cincinnati Bearcat guy. I'm a Cincinnati Bengal guy. And there are guys on those teams that I don't like. I want my team to win. If they help my team, great. But that doesn't mean I have to like everybody. There are certain people that Mick Cronin plays that I, I don't like as a player. There are certain people that Marvin Lewis play that I don't care for. You know, but it is what it is. Homer Bailey is pitching Tuesday. The Reds are going to go to a six-man rotation until Matt Harvey is traded, and they're going to drop the five, and poor Robert Stevenson is still continuing to sit down in AAA, and the guy is throwing the very best of his career, uh, and it just leads me to believe that the Reds are going to be doing something. They're going to be packaging a trade, and Robert Stevenson eventually is going to be moving on from Cincinnati, and it's very frustrating that that guy um, has not had an opportunity. And I don't know really what goes on in the Reds organization, but some somewhere some somebody's Robert Stevenson is not liked or, or, or somebody has given up on him or they have other plans. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of talk and rumors that the Reds could uh, package something for a starting pitcher of the offseason. And I'm perfectly okay with that. Um, as long as we're not giving up too much. An interesting thing happened last week. I was uh, running a basketball camp at the school that I coach at and I I'm, I'm in the bathroom and I'm uh I hear I get a Twitter message, and it says Kawhi Leonard traded to Toronto. And I thought, hmm, the 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 Raptors just got pretty good. Yeah, they did. Yeah, you know, that that's that's a pretty good trade for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought, well, I wonder what the Spurs are getting back in return. And then when I saw Demar Derozan's name was a part of that trade, ah. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, you know, and it still still doesn't make sense to me um, that trade because you would want to improve your team. Does Kawhi improve over DeMar a lot? Yeah, yeah. but you're going to lose Kawhi Leonard at the end of this year. 
you're going to get him. He's a one-year rental player to try to win the Eastern Conference, and then he is going to move on to other places. Now, I thought the Spurs, I thought the Spurs won this trade. You know, you're going to be losing him anyway. Go, go get DeRozan. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, get you another first-round draft pick. They got Yaka Pertle as a part of the deal as well, which that's not that's kind of a throw-in mm-hmm. really there and a development stage. But you know. I really just thought it was kind of a bland trade. It really just didn't. It really didn't make a lot of sense because I think Toronto, you know, is is you know they will be in the race next year because the Eastern Conference is so bad. The 76ers and the Celtics, they will be up there with them, and you know, so hopefully they will look to have Kawhi for a year and then try to make a trade at the trade deadline next year to to, to try to win that Eastern Conference. That's the only thing I can think about because the guy's not going to be in Toronto past this year you know it tells me two things with this trade um the first thing is DeMar DeRozan going to the Spurs it tells me that the Spurs are trying to win now still they have LaMarcus Aldridge Pop is still um the head coach he's overlooking pretty much the whole organization um they still got pieces and what it tells me that they they get a superstar in DeMar DeRozan an all-star player um he's an all-nba player it tells me that they're going to really try to make a run, um, at least maybe this year or next year. We'll see how many years. And the other thing it tells me is that the Raptors believe that there's a possibility that Kawhi Leonard could re-sign with the team after one year. I do not think it's likely, but I think with Paul seeing that Paul George had all intentions of going to L.A. and him re-signing with a small market in Oklahoma City Thunder, I think it gives hope. Um, it gives hope to these smaller market teams. And Toronto's not even really a small market team, but just the, the climate of where it is, nobody really wants to go there. So I think that um, Toronto truthfully believes that they can really make a run for Kawhi and bring him back another year and more years to come after that. You know, and I'd like to I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see maybe Kawhi uh, stick it out there and, and, and try to do something in Toronto because yeah, Toronto like Portland, you know, it's just not they're just not they're just not areas that you see people want to go. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to go to South Beach and wants to go out out west and uh, and to sunshine and um, you know. So, you know, I, I'd like to see how it's going to play out. There were some reports that Kawhi was upset that he was traded to Toronto. And another report that came out the other day that said that he was really warming up to the idea of being a Raptor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, like Toronto itself is one of the highest markets in Northern America, nonetheless, just in, in the USA. So I think that I think Kawhi, there's a there's a possibility Kawhi will sign, but he's, va- he's made it pretty clear that he wants to be in L.A., um, his hometown. We'll just have to see where it goes. Hopefully, um, they wel- they they welcome him with open arms. Hopefully, um, De- not Demar Derozan, but um, Kyle Lowry will really work with this guy. I know Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan were really tied, did a lot of things together off the court. Hopefully, this team can get some chemistry together and make a run in the East. I believe they will if they just um, really wel- welcome Kawhi. And we will see when the 2018-19 season. Uh, and, and how that's going to play out because I think it's going to be uh, definitely an interesting and wild uh, season next year. I woke up this morning to watch ESPN and they had a story about a former local um, high school star. His name was Jared Lorenzen. Jared Lorenzen played football for Highlands. 
I played basketball at Woodland Middle School. And I went in and I saw some banners with Jared Smith's name on it. Or, sorry, not Jared Smith, Jared Lorenzen, my bad. Jared Lorenzen. The guy he threw to was Derek Smith. George, or Jared Lorenzen played football, and he was a quarterback of Highlands, the Highlands Bluebirds. And this guy threw like 40-something touchdown passes his senior year. Rushed for 15. And he was always a really big guy. He was like six foot four, two hundred and sixty pounds, two hundred and fifty pounds in, in high school. Goes to the University of Kentucky. Red shirts his first year. Starts as a fret starts starts his next year. Had a difficult time keeping weight off of his body. Every coach that would come in would tell him he needed to stay under the two hundred and eighty pound mark. He had all kinds of nicknames, and one of his nicknames was the Hefty Lefty. Well, Lorenzen was a star for the University of Kentucky. And I remember watching games of Jared Lorenzen play, and he was so mobile for a guy that was 280 pounds, it was unreal. Jared Lorenzen doesn't get drafted in 2004. Eli Manning does. Lorenzen signs a deal a year later with the Giants to be the backup quarterback and Jerry Lorenzen becomes a Super Bowl champion. Not long after he was cut, he ends up going to Indianapolis and playing with the Colts uh, briefly through the preseason. Uh, And then Jared, you know, was cut and he walked away from football. And Jared has spent most of his life now battling an addiction to food and obesity. And I watched this today. I watched this on ESPN about a local guy from the Northern Kentucky area. And he, you know, I don't want to say how much he was weighing, but it was, it was, it was a lot. He, He was weighing a ton. And he has been working and he has a Facebook page. It's called the Jared Lorenzen project, I believe. Where he is, he is, his fear of dying has become a reality because the doctor told him he was killing himself. And Jared has been working out five to seven days a week. And I saw a video literally a couple nights ago because uh, he's working with a trainer over here in Northern Kentucky, Brennan Stowers, who's a coach over at Simon Kenton. And he is running again. He ran a block. And, 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 and how huge of a con- an accomplishment that was for him. Man, I thought that was such a cool story. I'm interested in, interested in following the Jared Lorenzen Project. If you haven't seen that on um, E60, uh, check that out. Uh, follow the Jared Lorenzen Project. Give him some, give him some encouragement because this guy seems determined. Um, I played basketball, actually, with his brother Jordan at Scott High School. And it's uh, just a fantastic story. And um, kudos to Jared and everybody that is helping him um, with this project and testimony. FCC, uh, FC Cincinnati, we're going to get right into it. Uh, last week on Wednesday, FCC defeats Charlotte Independence 2 mil. Uh, Saturday, FCC defeats Tampa Bay Rowdies 2 mil. Koenig, Ledesma leading the way for the team, each having a goal and, uh, in that one. Uh, 
um, big news in the headlines here is that FCC has extended the contract for Coach Allen Koch. Uh, it's big news because in 2019, the team will no longer be in the USL. They will be in the MLS uh, 2020 that'll be their second season so they're really putting their faith and they're being adamant and putting their trust into this coach he's done a great job so far with consistent um, season by season play and he led the club to a 25 13 and 15 record in the USL but currently they are 13 3 and 5 and they are at the top of the standings in the USL for this season um, I'm excited to see how this team will continue to do and how they will adjust to the MLS. I'm hoping that they can really put their foot down. I'm excited. You know, the city deserves it. It's great for Cincinnati and for the sports culture that we have in general. So um, I'm, I hope the fans are all excited. I know that we have some of the best soccer fans in the nation. So, you know, let's just see. Let's have fun with this. All right, that's a wrap for our seventh episode of the OT Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, We have two Twitter poll questions for you guys. First one is, who won the Kawhi Leonard-DeMar DeRozan trade? Let us know. Uh, Second Twitter poll question is, which format of the the all-star format, which one do you like the most between the three uh, sports of MLB, NBA, NFL, which is the Pro Bowl? Um, Let us know. Our Twitter is at Podcast Overtime, and our Instagram is at OT Podcast. Make sure to go follow us and answer those poll questions. Thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in next week on the OT Podcast. Thank you.